Welcome to Five. Aqua JPIA staff will ask guests five questions. The five questions will focus on pooling, water, risk, HR, and leadership. Five responses with valuable information for JPI member agencies, boards, and staff. Thank you for listening. Please welcome our host and guest for today. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Five. Uh, this week, we have an outstanding guest, a member of the JPIA Executive Committee, David Drake. So we're excited to uh, talk with David. Also want to shout out and thank you to David Hodgen for our voiceover, Cliff Diver Music for all the music in this episode, and most of all, thank you to you for spending time with us. So without further ado, let me introduce Executive Committee member, David Drake. David, hello, and how are you today? Rob, thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to be here. I, I am doing very well for uh, this early in the morning. I'm doing great. <laughs> David, could you introduce yourself to, uh, in case anyone is not familiar with you and where you are, what district you're from? Certainly. I'm, I'm the president of the Rincon del Diablo Municipal Water District in Escondido. And the way we put it is that if, if Escondido is the angel, we're the halo around her. So Rincon provides water to both county and city residents and also to adjacent cities with exchange meters and such. We have about 7,000 customers, all of them on AMI. And uh, it's a very progressive district. And for our size, we're thought of as a, a very leadership district. My fellow directors are exceptional. So it's a, that's where I'm from in, in Escondido. Um, any other thoughts about uh, the district or? Well, um from that, from being on that district board, you were then elected to our executive committee, correct? Yes, actually, I had a stranger, longer history. Uh, a long time ago, I represented the city of Escondido to the San Diego County Water Authority. And on the Water Authority board was Warren Buckner, who was one of the founders of the JPIA. And he would give us very interesting briefings on this mysterious organization up north. And I was fascinated by it. I, I wondered what they were about. And later on, I was appointed and elected to the uh, Rincon board, and they needed a representative to go to the general board meeting of, of uh, the JPIA, which I did for some years since around uh, roughly 2006 or seven. And then I was elected to the board a few years ago and, and to the executive committee. And I also serve on, as the chair of a, a, a workers' comp committee, which is uh, very important to me as well. So that was the, the basis for how I got there. And it was, it's like a, a chain of, of knowledge you learn as you as you go along. And then you find out how critically important JPIA is to the whole organization. Yeah, I think uh, for everyone would agree that it's a constant learning process. Oh, yes. <laughs> so if another director from a, another district were to ask you how to get the most out of the JPIA, what would you suggest? Ah, okay. That's a... Very good question. The, the the key things I think of are learning about the JPI. If you're involved on the board or you know your board member, you need to listen and analyze and consider the alternatives of the future, but imagining project risk. And so consider how the JPIA assesses and looks at risk management and then how we deal with it, how we manage the risks associated. So the way to get the best advantage of it is Frankly, read the documentation. There are some excellent best practices guides and, and other guides and training from the JPIA are all um, important parts of how you grow to be able to actually use the 
the JPI's resources? Um, yeah, I think uh, it is important to read it. I know we send out a, a lot of material, but there are a lot of gems included in those and, and some good information. One other co component of this, if they join the executive committee, you got to consider it's a team and that no individual staff member or especially no individual uh, committee member knows everything about anything. You really have to uh, have a to find a contributing position. What do you do? What do you bring to the table to advance the, 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 the mission of the JPIA? So that's an important part, finding what your position is. Yeah, I think uh, that's the kind of how every great team exists, is yes. finding what role you play to help the entire team be better. Very true. You know, I'd like to say that we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> what was something you didn't know about the JPIA until joining the executive committee? Well, one thing in particular was really the the time progression of claims of compensation and funds management uh, were things that were not familiar to me at all in terms of our, our, our the RINCON agency doesn't really have that series of uh, time measured money measured mechanisms. And so learning that was important and I didn't know that at all. One thing that was a real surprise is that all water districts generally have indemnification against being sued, but in fact, it's possible to transfer some risks from being indemnified to not being indemnified. And so there was a transfer to liability coverage that I wasn't aware of at all. And then there are risks that none of us knew. And we, we've had a couple of terrible tragedies that were only exposed because of the tragedy. And then we have gone back and, and reviewed our, our best practices and guidance in general. And, and unfortunately, there's going to be still more of those. We don't know what we don't know. So the, the, it, it's a uh, boy, there's, there's so many possibilities. But I think one of the, the worst ones we have right now is cybersecurity, which has blown up our, our uh, premiums uh, significantly. And property in general, we weren't aware how much fire could really affect us until we saw what happened to the property coverage that we had. So those were the kinds of things that you do by discovery. And they, they were a surprise to me. I think they're just a surprise for everyone in, <laughs> in, so. across the industry. And yes, um, in prior episodes and other episodes, we've talked about the unexpected yes. uh, changing the marketplace so quickly. It's, it's actually a, a further issue that if you look back into in the, the history of the JPIA and the uh, abandonment of the water industry by commercial insurers, that was a sudden event. And we had to respond by holding hands and moving forward at, with the JPIA. But right now that's happening in fire insurance all over the place. I live in a suburban area and even still here, uh, we're getting pressure from our insurers about, well, you're going to have to clear brush and do other things that are, are above and beyond the normal uh, just to be insured. And they're make, kind of making a decision, well, in some areas, we're just not going to insure. So the, the, to a great degree, uh, the idea of a pooling organization steps in and, and aggregates the risk of all of these pe persons who are affected by it. And I think what we do is a leadership way to do that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So um, water in California is always a, a, an interesting issue. And there's so many divergent opinions and, and uh, concerns. What, what's keeping you up at night regarding water in California? 
I would say change management. And, and there have been some pretty darn good examples. One of them was a few years ago, the state enacted the uh, State Groundwater Management Act to try to find a balance between how we use groundwater and, and uh, how we share it. And, and it also touches on the ongoing arm wrestle between is groundwater a, a private ownership item or is it a public ownership item? And the SGMA is trying to find a way to balance that. Well, in the process of that, uh, you know, a sustainable groundwater agencies were formed, sometimes by agencies who were already insured by the JPIA in, in concert with agencies that were not so insured by the JPIA. And suddenly we had to find a way to bridge that standard practice of saying, well, we only insure members of ACWA and, and uh, also only uh, insure uh, members that, that are uh, you know, qualified to be in the JPIA. But we had to find a way to allow those joint agencies to have basic insurance coverage uh, for their boards. They have no employees. They don't have workers comp. They, you know, they, they may not even have any property. So we, we had to provide a basic level of, of insurance. So there was one sudden case where suddenly we, the JPIA, had to respond. Now, going forward even a little bit into the future, the boundary between wastewater and water is getting narrower and narrower all the time. And we're moving toward direct potable reuse. What are the liabilities? What are the risks? What are the practices that need to happen to make direct potable reuse a success? And especially in major parts of California, that may be the only way out of trying to recover our water supply. And, and we have the, the, the regulations around that are still being formed. We don't know. And so I think there's going to be a period of discovery and then analysis and uh, probably a lawsuit or two. And, you know, that's part of the game that uh, uh, help identify how that, that risk gets managed. So what, what bothers me the most is how do we manage all of these changes? And that's just one. Uh, we've also got transitions in, in water reservoir and dam storage, uh, transitions in the type of pipe that we use. Every one of these things has a, has an impact on our risk management in the future. So if that keeps me up at night, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was at a conference regarding groundwater, yeah. and there was talk of all kinds of projects and enormous amounts of money <laughs> being spent and included in the budget for groundwater and water resources. And though the speaker said, the bottom line, though, is no matter how much money you put into it, you can't make water. True. So it's a management issue, not a creation issue. Yes. Yeah, you, you're you're correct. And and the sources and the 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 ownership. Right now, we're having a fight in San Diego. It's a fight I predicted. It's a fight between the city of San Diego and the inland water agencies over wastewater. Who gets the wastewater? And that's an unresolved fight. <laughs> yeah, I think. I agree with you. I think that issue in and of itself is going to be uh, very big in the next, in the ongoing uh, future of water in California is who owns wastewater. Absolutely. I, I remember a, a quote from the governor of Arizona who was saying about water. She said, I don't care where it's from. As long as it's not radioactive, if it's wet, we're interested. <laughs> <laughs> um so right now, I mean, you did mention transitions and that across the state, there seems to be a, a number of transitions in elected officials. What advice would you give to a newly elected individual at a member water district? Assuming that they are coming in as a standard civilian, there's there's a lot of stuff that they don't know. And one thing about being a, a director in a, in a water district is it's not a sinecure. You, you, can just, you can't just sit back, smile and succeed. You've got to take the formal training, 
take it from the JPA, take it from the CSDA, take it from uh, uh, CASA. There are different agencies that, that can, there are in the AWWA that provide uh, the training in both policy and practice in water. The state has the training, obviously, for uh, sexual harassment and integrity. Take the training, believe it. Um, I, I would say that there's a, a, uh, uh, a series of steps that you need to think about. To what's on your checkoff list of about 10 or 12 different training classes you need to do? The other thing you need to do if you're a brand new director is find your general counsel and sit down with them and have a conversation about any conflicts of interest you might have. If you're somewhere in the water industry buying or selling, you don't want to surprise your own attorney. So make sure that they're aware of any potential conflicts. And uh, one thing also that new directors will say about government in general is they'll say, well, I'm going to run this place like a business. What they don't realize is that the government service is a higher calling and it has duties and responsibilities above that and beyond a business. So don't drive your decisions based on that, that premise alone. It's a, it's a higher set of standards. And you'll be surprised at the integrity and, and hardworking relationships you're going to form. I think that's great advice. And I, I would uh, just uh, say ditto to everything you just said regarding <laughs> advice to newly elected officials. Um, what's one thing you wish you knew before you joined the executive committee? I have tremendous ignorance of who the majority or the major water districts were in the state. There are many that were nearby that I'd heard of, but many that were very large, very influential that I had not heard of. And so I, I wish I'd paid more attention to who was who, what they were doing, and what their role was statewide in water providing. So it's been a significant learning curve to learn about where, where things are, and especially in California, because we, we tend to compete for water locally, even from uh, regions that are far apart in the state. So who the uh, who the major agencies were would have been helpful to know. And frankly, in some cases, who the major players are, because some you know, some you don't. And uh, sometimes the quiet ones are the most important. <laughs> so listen closely. Yeah, well, uh, I think listening is uh, an incredibly important skill uh, in, for any individual, but even more so it, as an elected official, yeah. uh, listening is, is key. Frankly, it's part of your job. You're elected to be there. Who elected you? Well, a whole bunch of citizens. And, and if you aren't listening to them, you are not on the track. Correct. Yeah. You listen to your uh, constituents and your rate payers. Absolutely. Well, this has been terrific, David. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with uh, the JPIA members here on Five. I really appreciate uh, your answers and your insight and think uh, you've given us some great things to think about, some takeaway tools to implement and some issues to watch as we go forward in the future. So thank you so much. Rob, I have to thank you. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to get the questions out and, uh, you know, to get things off your chest that uh, I th hopefully have some importance to people. The good news, if they're, if they're bored with what I'm saying, they've got that little bottom uh, tab to make it go faster. So next time you can, they can do that. <laughs> well, we would encourage you to listen to everything and <laughs> also strongly encourage you to subscribe so that five shows up in your podcast feed uh, automatically and you don't you have go. to do anything. There you go. And nice. thank you to our listeners. As always, you can reach us at podcast at jpia.com. 
We're always interested in your comments. And again, subscribe. Thank you to Cliff Diver Music. Thank you to David Drake. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Five. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review and leave a comment. Have a topic you would like to learn more about? Email us at podcast at aquajpia.com. Thank you to Cliff Diver Music for producing our music. And until next episode, thank you for making us a part of your day.